in the name of Allah, most gracious, ever merciful. Welcome, good morning, assalamu alaikum, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all from Thursday morning breakfast show with myself, Kayum. Joining me today, brother Asim and brother Khalid. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. Peace be on you, both of you. Thank you. Brother Khalid. Yes. You're looking hot in that Hawaii fire. That t-shirt is, that shirt is fire, man. Do you know, it's Brother Khalid, just for the benefit of the listener, Brother Khalid <laughs> is he's dressed for the occasion. It, it is, he's dressed up and he's on fire. You know, Why I'll, are you on fire this morning, brother? It's a good question, Brother Kayyub. <clears throat> I was thinking, you know, every day of the week, I'm wearing brown and black. And blue, three colors, right? And I said, it's Eid, yeah. special Eid, you know, a uh, special day, special celebration. Let's make it a bit, you know, enlightened. <laughs> so I want to spread joy and happiness with my top, my shirt, you know. This is actually a nice Ghanaian top, so, you know, so it's representing all those colors. Wonderful. Yes. So it's, it's representing Pan-Africa. Yes, exactly. And, and, and on the day of Eid. Yeah. Uh, taking into account what Brother Khalid said, Brother Asim, Clearly, you didn't look in the wardrobe and say, <laughs> 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 you're, you're going to do that after we do this show. After we finish the show, after yeah. After we do the show. Yeah. But just for the benefit of the listener, what is Eid? What are we celebrating today? Why are we so happy and chirpy today? So we are celebrating um, Eid al-Adha, which is uh, the festival of sacrifice. You know, it's a, it's a festival which comes about 10 weeks after uh, Eid al-Fitr and marks the completion of Hajj, which is the holy pilgrimage to Makkah. Now, we're not going to go too much into um, talking about uh, the festival of sacrifice, because that is something we're going to be talking about in, in, uh, in the next segment. Um, normally, what we do is we do weather and looking at the window. Um, it's <laughs> lovely. And that was the weather for this morning. <laughs> but no, it is, it is, um, it is predicted that... Um, um, it might be raining later on, um, but one hopes and prays that it doesn't and uh, and it stays um, as bright and wonderful um, as it has been for the past few days because it's been um, it's been hot, but there's been this this breeze and it's oh, been yes. a welco- it's been a Beautiful very welcoming breeze, breeze yeah, definitely. Um, and making the day very easy. That reminds me of uh, Mauritius when I was little and I used to go there and the wind is just passing through the island, the tiny island. Yeah. And so the heat is not scorching, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what makes the weather bearable nowadays, where you have that nice breeze coming through. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, normally we do um, talk about um, what's happening in the world today, and, uh, and you know, we talk of uh, the headlines and the newspapers. and uh, But today we thought, you know, we're going to do something a bit different. It is, um, it, it is a happy occasion. It is about sacrifice. It is about... We are celebrating Eid, um, and Brother Asim talked about Eid al-Fitr, which is which we celebrated uh, two mo- two two months and ten days ago, um, and that was a celebration which marked the end of the month of Ramadan. Um, and as uh, <coughs> Brother Asim already said, that today is all about the pilgrimage. But before getting into the into into the definitions of what we're talking about and what happens today, um, we have got some fantastic guests. Who are going to be talking um, talking to us? Um, in fact, we had the opportunity to record some um, interviews with uh, with a lot of guests. In the first hour um, of uh, today's uh, show, we're going to be talking about gratitude. We're going to say we're going to be talking about how gratitude um, can lead to success, 
uh, and how why it's so important in life. And as I mentioned, in the second hour, we're going to be talking about the festival of sacrifice. But, you know, keeping it a bit light, um, Brother Asim, you know, when, when we celebrate uh, Eid al-Fitr or the, the, when we celebrate the end of Ramadan, and, and um, what's different this time in respect of you personally? What are you going to be doing? What's, what's, what's your plan for the day? After, you know, clearly after today's show, you're going to go and look in the wardrobe. But <laughs> after the, what's the plan after the wardrobe? I mean, uh, you know, f- what's, what's on the menu? So what's, once the wardrobe is done, uh-huh. the, the cream is on, <laughs> shoes are polished. Oh. You know. <laughs> Don't forget all of these things. Yeah. Of course. Uh, I'm going to go and um, pray the Eid Namaz, Eid, mm. Eid prayer. And then after that, we will listen to His Holiness, who will deliver the Eid sermon. And once we are back, it's uh, time to celebrate. Um, food is looking good. Mm. First, I'll go to my parents. Okay. Very important. Uh, mm. Very important. First, always to my parents, uh, meet everyone, have food. Let's hope they have really nice food, you know, roast chicken and stuff. What do you mean hope? <laughs> As always we do, but uh, of course, uh, to my liking, you okay. know. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and uh, then... I think we should go around and test it as well, Brother Kuyub. Is that, is yeah, that, yeah, sure. Is, is we we just live in modern, so <laughs> anytime. Okay, you heard that, everyone. <laughs> Brother Khalid, yes. how about you? I mean, you've already done the wardrobe bit. Yes. I mean, as I said, you're on fire. So <laughs> I, is, is the food going to be on fire too? Are we doing a barbecue here? Yes. Oh, uh, really? Obligatory. Obligatory barbecue. Oh. Uh, some nice chicken, some nice meat. But um, talking about um, food and stuff, what's nice is like, you know, we talk about this is um, the Eid of Sacrifices, right? Festival of Sacrifice. And one of the things that we do is we always remember the people that have less or people that are in going through hard times so we also try and uh, in the build up to this Eid or on the Eid date we pay a, a financial sacrifice mm-hmm. so that people who uh, are in need for example mm-hmm. across the globe it could be UK you know or, or people who are who are suffering at the moment yes. I mean we how many times have we sat here and, and spoken about the cost of living We've yes spoken about the challenges that people are suffering and and and, and it's getting worse mm. um, you know um, <clears throat> only a couple of days ago, we were talking about interest rates, um, how interest rates is having a major impact on, on people's lives because their costs um, are are going up, not you know by by uh, double, but some of them are going up twice, three, four times, because people forget that uh, you know there were people had mortgages where they were paying one percent, mm. half a percent mm. rates, yeah. and now they're paying six percent, seven percent. And a, a lot of um, new people who went into new employment over the past decade or so, they haven't experienced high rates. Plus, the society we live in and the education system that we, we tend to have in this country, it doesn't, it doesn't teach our children and the younger generation life skills. It mm. doesn't teach them financial skills. It doesn't teach them, you know how to budget and, and organize we we very true we, we absolutely yeah. we focus on mm. th- theoretical and academic subjects yeah, yeah but life skills is very important a hundred percent i always say to my friends and people around me you know i wish in school they would teach people about budgeting yeah. it's very important basic cooking skills basic uh domestic chores basic mechanics yeah. be, simple things i, I mm. agree with you mm. i what i find sad is i mean we always joke about me being the dragon here but the advantage of me being the dragon is i was i was when i went to school here mm. um cooking was part and parcel 
of teaching in school. Really? Okay. Um, textile studies. I I oh. I did. A, I mean, it's yeah. quite hilarious. I did. A, I did O level in textile studies. Nice. I know how to sew. Yeah. We, you know, um, home. It was called home economics. Right, right, right. It was compulsory. Everyone had to do it in school. It was part and parcel of our, um, um, of our of our of our schooling. Mm. There were separate teachers who were given who used to give time to students for careers advice. See, yes. All of these things that we talk about today that are missing from our education system, they were at one time present in our education system, and we t- we got rid of them because we didn't appreciate them. That's it. And and mm. now we are in a position because we took them away. Mm. A whole two generations of students um, were deprived of these key skills. Where look, ac- academics is important. Yes. But to be able to apply academics in the real world. That's correct. That's a transition. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, just look at our, our generation. We are asking our dads, oh, how do you change the oil yeah. in the car? Or yeah. how, how do you change anything in the car? Mm. Light bulb. So, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds quite <laughs> funny, but it's true. True, yes. That, beca- because it's not, and you know, sometimes people say, well, you pick on a generation. I'm not, I'm not blaming the younger generation. Mm. I'm actually saying parents mm. need to stop wrapping their kids up in cotton wool. Yes. And let them make a mistake, mm-hmm. yep. because that's how they'll learn. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. It's not the it's not the fault of the kids. Mm. Kids want to do things, but parents say, "No, no, no, no! You can't do that. Oh, you'll get hurt. Or so and so will say this. Or what would the world say?" Basically, sort of let them fall and then let them get up themselves. That's right. And if they can't, help them up. Yes. Exactly. A small push is imp- yes. it's fine as well. Yeah. Brother uh, Khalid, you yes. talked. We 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 kind of went off on a tangent here mm. you talked about barbecue but you also talked about the mauritian breeze yes what's the mauritian uh, um delicacy for today oh wow so mauritius is such a beautiful melting pot so many different cultures so there is a one national dish people might say it's the biryani but there's so many different cultures in mauritius so some people say uh, you know we like to have noodles we like to have a biryani and we have to like to have the conventional noodles that we yes okay yes so there's there's actually like three or four different dishes but they're all from all different cultures around the globe so you might have something that's from the orient or something from from uh, asia or something from africa so that it's such a nice melting pot so so is, is, is that is that uh, um, normal within mauritius yes that is a fusion of different foods yes and i, I tell you um talking about um Different foods, different cultures as well. Such a rich, rich mixture of cultures. What's beautiful, uh, you'll see, inshallah, one day when you go. <laughs> in the morning, this is beautiful, right? In the God morning, uh, at the, at the uh, sun, when the sun is rising. So, okay. Fajr, mm-hmm. the early morning prayer, which we do in Islam. We normally have the call to prayer blowing from the mosque, you know, from the speakers. But you will see in Mauritius, at that time, you'll also have the temple ringing their bells. And the church ringing the bells. Uh-huh. So all three major faiths, Hinduism, Christianity and Islam, yeah. are waking up at the same time. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. That's amazing. Can't that's amazing. Yeah. Nice. Perfect time to build bridges. Yes. You know, at the yeah. moment we're living in a in a in a world, not just society, in a world mm. where people are going out of the way to create divisions. And the only voice out there who's looking to create bridges and is always consistently talking about bridges is His Holiness. 
the fifth caliph of the promised messiah hazrat mirza masrur ahmed may allah strengthen his hand definitely you know he he has forever been talking about um how it is important to unify how it's important to um to build bridges and and to be civil to each other to be human to each other and uh, to celebrate our similarities and i think in, you know we will um, when later on today when we listen to uh, his holiness's uh, sermon um again these points will be uh, highlighted again but in the spirit of sacrifice because today is about sacrifice and and when people build bridges sacrifices need to be made 100% yes that's right would exactly. you, would you agree definitely definitely yeah definitely man there's here we go radio <laughs> silence <laughs> radio <laughs> silence <laughs> you know, this is We're thinking about the barbecue after. I, mean, I was going to say, listen, guys, come back to the studio here. Yeah, yeah. We're, no, we're not. We're chicken. not on food time here. Yeah, you're, you're on your fusion noodles and you're on your chicken grill. I, yeah, I, I know. I know it's breakfast time, but yeah. you know it's something we're all looking forward to. But you're going back to serious point. Sorry, yeah. you were saying about our beloved Caliph um, Hazrat Musa Ahmed, may Allah be his helper. Again and again, he's been talking about you know building bridges and about the sacrifices that we need to make and and. He also mentioned the things that do cause division in society, you know, when there's a imbalance in society when someone or one nation has more and he sees his neighbor nation suffering but they don't give them any support, mm, you know. Mm, yeah. People rather go to war and 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 supply countries with 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 money and arms and things rather than thinking about okay there's another country that's suffering also because of starvation, because of poverty, because of drought, because of natural, you know, disasters. surely you know that when there's an imbalance this is where problems happen you know yeah absolutely i mean even you know like on eid when we are making food um we give some food to our neighbors mm. to show them you know we are celebrating eid you can celebrate as well having same food as as we are having i know you guys are i know we're talking about the 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 festival of sacrifice i don't want you guys to go into too much detail mm. because i kind of don't want to repeat yeah. ourselves yes. later on true, true. in in the hour but so i i want to know what you know from, I, i want you to in fact if if you're listening in and if you're not i want to know why you're not listening in i want you to give me a call 02086877878 and tell me how you're celebrating the the uh, the festival of sacrifice and uh, if you don't want to uh, come on air you can join us on our social media platforms at voice of islam uk we are on just about every single social media platform there is uh, linkedin facebook instagram uh, f- uh, instagram twitter, twitter, twitter. telegram I mean, you know all over the place uh, from my age point of view we also have uh, you know um, messaging pigeons <laughs> what, what is if that you're, if you're of my age you know just go outside <laughs> <laughs> you want to explain it to me <laughs> Well, you see, once upon a time, there used to be pigeons. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they were called homing pigeons. We used to attach a message to the feet, and they used to uh, let them fly. Okay, yeah. interesting. So we also we we. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, how, how far back you go? Seeing it about smoke signals. No, but you know, we all have we all have these these funny stories. I mean, my in my house, we you know, whenever I'm joking with my father. and and uh, and our elderly you know they they when they tell us old stories they say you know in 1957 i came here with you know <laughs> five shillings and then you think that that was 1957 <laughs> you know it's like yeah. you know but but it's it's those kind of stories that that uh, in fact uh, this is a time where families get together 
and, and grandchildren spend time with their with their grandparents and, and they hear all these stories when families get together of, of different uh, experiences that um, I mean sometimes my kids when they listen to the experiences of their grandmother when she used to live in Rabwa and 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 uh, when she saw the second caliph Hazrat Mirza Bashiruddin Mahmud Ahmad uh, may Allah have mercy on his soul and and you know experiences that she had with when when uh, you know the teachings he used to um, he used to give mm. um, and the fact that she has seen him amazing yeah mm. uh, and when the, when when the children hear that then it's it's that creates that buzz in the head and you think wow um, similarly, you know, in, 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 is it any is it similar in your household? And because I know, um, brother Khalid, in mm. your family, in, in you know, the Puna family is is uh, um, is well respected, well known, f- and and in fact, in mm. fact, my, my mother mm. used to say to me, that from Mauritius, there used to be so many converts who used to come to Rabwa oh, wow. uh, in Pakistan in in the in the in, in the sixties. You know, it's funny; it's, it's still a tradition. There, my family in Mauritius, they do still go to. Rabwa and it's still, well not so often to Rabwa but they do the, go to Kadian in India mm-hmm. you know as often as they can you know once yeah at least for the annual gathering anyway but uh, these stories are important to pass down on to dr- generations because yeah. of their again we'll talk about the word sacrifice but you know we have to like show them gratitude as well because of them we are reaping the benefits now aren't we well, most Absolutely. definitely yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <coughs> brother Asim I mean you, you're an imam as well I mean and and you um, when you went, you went to uh, the Institute of Theology and Modern Languages, which is the, um, the university um, and the institution which is um, set up by the Amdi Muslim community for the training of, of, of imams. The importance of history is just not spoken about enough, is it? Yet I know in the teachings that imams get, history is very important. Absolutely. I mean, every year, so uh, we have a seven years course mm-hmm. and every year mm-hmm. you have a subject, sep- separate subject of history where you learn the history of uh, the Holy Prophet uh, Peace and, blessings of Allah be upon him, yeah. and also the history of Ahmadiyyad, so which is which is very important and not everyone knows every single story or, you know, all, all in detail. So we are. But the beauty with the, within the community yes. is that all the history is is yeah, is absolutely. been written. Yes, yeah. it's preserved. Definitely. That's right. It's yes. preserved. Yes, that people are actually allocated. That's their responsibility mm-hmm. to to write down every single incident within uh, within the the, the Amdi Muslim community. Absolutely. But brother Khalid, I think that that, that point you made, I think, is not spoken about enough. We are reaping the rewards of the sacrifices that mm-hmm. have been made by our forefathers. One hundred percent. Yes. And. It is very important mm. that we inform our children about these sacrifices. Absolutely, yeah. B- because it will m- help them appreciate more what they have. Because our forefathers gave up just about everything to to enter the fold of Amdiyat and then to come across yes. from from different parts of the world. That's right. To come to you know supposed greener pastures, and today if you know if if one was to look you know within within ourselves and we look at look around us, um, we we need to we need to teach our children definitely that you know let's appreciate today, and let's look around us again. Going back to the topic we went on to cost you know cost of living, that there are instead of. Um, worrying and, and, and getting anxious and stressed about I haven't got this mm. but hold on just just up the road there's someone who's worse off than you that's right definitely yeah. yeah. 
You're listening to uh, Thursday Morning Breakfast Show. It is the f- uh, the Festival of Sacrifice um, on Thursday, 29th, um, with myself, Kayyum, Brother Asim, Brother Khalid. We're going to take a very quick break, um, and when we come back, we're going to go on to our first segment of the morning, which is gratitude. So do stay tuned. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, or if you're having, uh, you know, breakfast, um, you know, it's... Uh, uh, we, we are not far if you, and if you're in Morden um, we're not far <laughs> um, any food is welcome <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, or as uh, Kuyum, Brother Kuyum says uh, an avocado toast of course you yeah. know if, if you are um, you know having a toast with avocado some post eggs some chilli flakes um, I, ain't, I ain't gonna say no <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know if you want to give us a call and you want to share your joy of um, today Give us a call 0208-687-7878 or join us on our social media platforms at Voice of Islam UK. Do stay tuned. We'll be right back after some brief messages. Sacrifice, the central theme of Eid al-Adha. The sacrifice of one's offspring may seem unthinkable to most, even barbaric. Surely one would rather endure the harshest of pains than wish a dot of discomfort upon their progeny. It is a natural reaction, human nature some would say, a truly universal trait whether man or woman, in Europe, Africa or Asia. An extraordinary fact of life and testament to man's utter love and devotion for his own. It is this natural reaction, universally instilled within us all, that Hazrat Ibrahim was commanded to abandon thousands of years ago today. Until the age of uh, 86, Ibrahim did not have a son. At the age of uh, 86 years, he had his firstborn, and that was Ismail Islam, and who was born out of uh, his uh, Egyptian wife, whose name was Hajra Islam. When the time of Abraham Islam came, this uh, prof- uh, this uh, sacrifice, uh, which is called the human sacrifice, this was abolished. He was commanded to sacrifice his son. He saw a dream, in which he saw that he was uh, slaughtering his uh, son. The Holy Quran states, and when he was old enough to run along with him, he said, O my dear son, I have seen in a dream that I offer thee in sacrifice. So consider what thou thinkest of it. He replied, O my father, do as thou art commanded. Thou wilt find me, if Allah please, steadfast in my faith. This verse highlights in particular the complete faith and devotion of Hazrat Ibrahim and his beloved son placed in God and God's will. So when he related this dream of his to his son, uh, Hazrat Ismail he got prepared immediately. He said, yes, you should do what you have been commanded to. And uh, Prophet Ibrahim when he was about to slaughter him. Immediately at that time, God told him that, well, you have fulfilled your dream because your preparedness shows that you have done your part of the sacrifice. Hazrat Ibrahim was ready to follow God's instructions at once, never hesitating, questioning or showing any sign of reluctance in sacrificing his most beloved son, Hazrat Ismail Forgoing his own feelings, those of his wife, Hazrat Hajra, and his ancestors, who through him hoped to propagate their progeny. Any worldly person not familiar with Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam's qualities would think of him simply as a madman. 
How could he perform such a callous, heartless act? One would think he is utterly devoid of tender feelings. The Holy Quran unequivocally banishes this thought. It states that Hazrat Ibrahim was a wise, tender-hearted and godly person with the least painful incident bringing tears to his eyes and rendering him restless. Consequently, Hazrat Ibrahim was neither mad or devoid of human sentiment. His feelings at the time of sacrificing his only son can only be described as the most tender feeling of the most loving mother or father. With this in mind, Hazrat Ibrahim asked his only son to lie down on the ground and with the knife in his hand proceeded with great vigour to carry out God's command. The Holy Quran states, And when they both submitted to the will of God, and Abraham had thrown him down on his forehead, we called to him, O Abraham, thou hast indeed fulfilled the dream. Thus indeed do we reward those who do good. That surely was a manifest trial. So it is said that Hazrat um, Ibrahim Islam took him outside and uh, when he was um, about to slaughter him, uh, at that particular moment God told him, Ya Ibrahim ka saddak taroya. A new station, the voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the voice of Islam. Welcome back to Thursday morning breakfast show with myself, Kayyum, Brother Asim and Brother Khalid. And we are celebrating the festival of sacrifice. Um, it is uh, Eid. And uh, today our programs are going, today both of our topics are going to be connected to the festival of sacrifice. And our first topic is gratitude. So, Brother Asim, if I may come straight to you, what's the gist of this story? What, why, why are we talking about gratitude for the next 40 odd minutes or so? So um, the gist is that, you know, gratitude is a powerful emotion that can transform our lives in countless ways. It is the act of being thankful for the people, experiences and things in our lives and expressing appreciation for all that we have. Cultivating a practice of gratitude can bring about significant improvement in our health, emotional 
and physical well-being as well as attract abundance and positivity into our lives. Brother Khalid, what what's the role of gratitude um, in in uh, you know in, in in the discussion that we're having? Mm. I think um, gratitude is seen as a key factor, you know, in attracting abundance and positive positivity in our lives. Uh, when we focus on the things we are grateful for, we are more likely to attract more of the same. You know, like it's like a feel-good like, factor. Exactly. You know, you do something good, you feel good, but yeah. you're also happy because you've helped someone. And the action that you've done might be a minuscule action on your part, but it's made such a big impact on someone. Mm. You know, just a smile. It is. It is. It is as simple as that, isn't it? It exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brother Asim, I, I always, in fact, I was having this discussion with um, a, a few other uh, brothers who are imams, young imams. And and the thought that comes to mind, mm. Brother Khalid, I, I would love your take on this. Mm. Imams and, and people who have, uh, who, who are lucky enough to learn the Holy Quran, they learn the, the narrations and the teachings of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And then their general knowledge mm. and even specific knowledge on religion, yes. I mean, you know, far, far exceeds the likes of me. Mm. You know, I, that's how I see it. Well, um, both of but, us have but, seven but, years study, right? Exactly. Um, and and yeah. to me, when I look at gratitude, it's like, well, the point of gratitude is to connect with God Almighty, isn't it? So I don't know all the narrations. I don't know all the verses. So one one looks for other ways of how uh, a person can connect with God. Yes. Mm-hmm. And to as and the perfect example is what you just gave. To give a smile. Mm-hmm. Because it connects you to God. Because you've made somebody else happy. That's right. Or help someone cross the street. Or open a door for someone. It's you look for alternatives to to seek that pleasure. And when you seek that pleasure, gratitude comes along with it. What's, what's, what's your take on that? 100%. I think, you know, being Muslims, we've got no better example than the life of the Holy Prophet. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. If you look at his very countenance, his very display, his whole mannerism, his body language, he was someone that's very approachable. He was always kind to people. He was always doing acts of charity. There's no better example. And you know what? The beautiful thing I like about him is like, some people think that, oh, we could never attain or do the things that he done. He was a simple man, very simple man. But look, he had time to, to preach. He had time to do acts of charity. He had time to spend time with his family. He even worked as well, right? People say, oh, you know, so we, for he us, the greatest everything. man on earth, yeah. and he, he worked. He looked after people. He did his acts of charity. And his love was boundless. You know, it wasn't for one particular race or nation or person or Family members. It was for everyone, you know. Well, he he was he was the 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 messenger of God, um, and Islam is a truly universal religion. Everyone is equal, you know. How many times have we said, mm-hmm. when at uh, his last uh, sermon at the Mount, no white man is greater than a black man, and no yeah. black man is greater mm-hmm. than a white man. You know, no non-Arab is greater than Arab, and no Arab mm-hmm. is greater than a non-Arab. The only the, the only way they they measure. Um, the one's one's attributes would be based upon their character mm-hmm. and their spirituality and righteousness. Absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest example is the uh, the Muslim who used to call for the prayer. Yeah. Yazid Bilal, who was an yeah. African. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, you know, he was treated by the 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 leaders at that time of of the tribes as 
uh, as just property, in fact, worse than property. He was treated as an animal, and and the freedom that that uh, he received that that uh, and from from a from a mere servant, mm. he was he 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 you know he was promoted and he was he escalated all the way to to Sayyidna, and the meaning of Sayyidna yeah. is anyone Sayyidna prophet. No, 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 no. Say that's not prophet. It's master. It's, well, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? It's. Do you know? It's. It's. It's such a. The thing though is, it's such a. Uh, a simple word to say gratitude and gratefulness, but it carries so much, so much weight. It's so much. Um, uh, meaning, especially like you said, in, in our day-to-day lives, when people are grateful, that means um, they will uh, appreciate what they have around them. But then you can pass that on. When you pass that on, you feel so happy. And this is why uh, there's this beautiful uh, verse from the Holy Quran in chapter 31, verse 12. It says, And whoever is grateful, he is only grateful for the benefit of his own self. Now, this is how, look how beautiful the religion is of Islam is, right? And how grateful God is. You might be doing a, a good action, right? One, to please yourself. Or not to please yourself, sorry, but to, to help someone. But you feel happy by doing it. But then look how God is so gracious that you're doing that was one simple action, and God is blessing you for that for those actions. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, Islam teaches us that you should always look. You should never look up to a person who's who has more wealth than you and stuff. You should always look who who has less wealth, and you'll be happy. You know that I have been blessed. You know we, we are blessed that we have eyes. Some people don't even have eyes to yes. see. So we should be thankful, you know, we can see. You know, gratitude can be explained in so many different words. I mean, being grateful, being thankful, um, being appreciative. All of these comes, all of these words. Um, and, you know, we talked about how feel-good factor earlier. You know, it's funny. Uh, I think when, this is why I think, as Muslims, we say that everything that comes from God is a blessing. Yes. Look at lockdown. When lockdown happened, right? A lot of people were crying and complaining, moaning. Mm-hmm. What I saw was such a nice thing from my personal point of view. The world just stopped and said, look, everyone just relax. Take a back seat. And we all, all of us, appreciated the small things we had. All of us were happy when the air was much clearer. The seas were getting all the fishes and the wildlife again. And there was a small thing, spending time with family. We couldn't spend time with family. We were isolated. Mm. Imagine the the poor souls that couldn't see their families in hospitals and care homes and residential homes, etc. You know? Um, I love yeah, the, especially the, the earth came back to life. Yes. Because <laughs> the enemy of the earth, which is human being, <laughs> was locked up. <laughs> which, yes. is the, which is the truth, isn't it? Because birds did come back to their old habitats. Mm-hmm. This, the lakes did clear up. Pollution did go down dramatically. Who's the who, who's been causing all this? Human beings. Us, yeah. Because we are not showing enough gratitude. That's the word, isn't it? We are damaging our surroundings, our environment. Not respecting everything, basically. Yeah. And this, we're not showing yes. thankfulness to God Almighty. Hundred uh, percent. I think when people lose, look at this. For example, I go back a few years. Um, see, I, I grew up in England, so I know what was the culture around me. It was often Sunday, we Sunday roast there. People go to church and then they go home and have their Sunday roast. Like we will for, for eat, we will go to yeah, yeah. the mosque and then we'll go mm-hmm. home and have our, our dinner, right? But this that's what Sunday roast was. It was a family gathering occasion. Now, what people do, they go to the shops, go to the cinema, go for the 
won't mention any brand names. Certain <laughs> coffee shops, I, I really dislike. You know, you know <laughs> Brother Asim is looking at you with these piercing eyes that every topic you speak of, you bring food into it and he's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is a sacrifice. Yeah. Well, uh, it's my fault. I should have bought some breakfast here for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go and listen to, I mean, Brother Asim, I know you had the opportunity to interview um, Imam Ibrahim Noonan, who is missionary um, in Ireland. So let's go and listen to this interview that uh, Brother Asim did with Imam Ibrahim Noonan. So joining me online today is respected Imam Ibrahim Noonan, who is the Imam of Galway Mosque, uh, Masjid Miriam. He's also the National Vice President and Missionary in Charge of Ireland. He's also a gradu- graduate of both um, Christian and Islamic theology and philosophy from Trinity College Dublin. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you and welcome to the Voice of Islam Breakfast Show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today. So as you know, the um, topic today is gratitude, a shortcut to success. So I wanted to ask, uh, what does gratitude mean to you and how do you practice it in your daily life? Well, for me, uh, gratitude is simply to be grateful, to be thankful. And um, to always appreciate uh, what you have uh, in your life. Um, and uh, that is my understanding of, of, of gratitude. And um, I actually remember uh, once a long time ago um, when I was um, just, to, just to demonstrate what, how I uh, really understand the, the subject matter of being grateful or thankful or demonstrating gratitude was um, when I went to the earthquake in 2005 in Pakistan when I spent some time out there on the ground um, uh, helping the people of Pakistan during that terrible time. When I came back from uh, Pakistan to Ireland, um, I went to visit my parents and um, as I was coming out of my car, my next door neighbor, who, who Mrs. Duggan, she was known as, um, she saw me and she asked me how was everything and how, how, what, what was my experience like in Pakistan in the time of the earthquake. And I simply turned to her and said to her, well, you know that after seeing what I've seen, um, I'll, I'll always be grateful and thankful to God Almighty uh, for what I have, uh, as little as it may be. And I remember her saying something to me so beautiful, and that was, when she said, well, as a child, you never were anything but grateful. So, so for me, grateful is being uh, absolutely aware of um, what you have and being thankful for it, and whether that is your health, whether that is your, your wealth, um, whether, it's, whether it's you're a very wealthy person or a very poor person, whatever it may be, but uh, to be grateful um, it, it is to be, you know, um, 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 a part of one's life to be thankful for what you have. That's my understanding of, of, of gratitude. As far as practicing it is concerned, um, that comes alongside, um, um, you know, like I already said, that um, uh, if I'm if I'm having a meal, um, I, I may, if, whether it's simple or whether it's an elaborated meal. It's by being grateful that you have it and by becoming aware of God Almighty and thanking Him every time you eat a meal, every time you 
uh, turn a light on in the house, every time you open a, a tap and have a glass of water or open a fridge and get a, a, a bottle of milk, it's, it's at that moment in time, it's showing gratitude uh, to God Almighty, to Almighty Allah, Allah that, that I am very thankful and grateful that I have these things. And how to practice it is to give back, basically, is to look for those who are not so fortunate and um, uh, helping them as, as I, you know, have been doing with, with, uh, with humanity for many years. Um, but also... Whenever I visit someone's house, whether that is a, a, an Ahmadi Muslim who belongs to our community or whether that's a non-Muslim, I always bring uh, a bag of fruit with me, whether that's apples and oranges, and I give it to that family as a way of me saying to God Almighty, I'm very grateful to you and thankful to you and uh, full of gratitude for everything you've done for me. So I try my best to have empathy for others and also to be kind to others, whoever, whoever they may be. As a, as, a, as a way of showing my gratitude to God Almighty. Yeah, that's amazing. Very well explained. Uh, so, um, how can everyone practice uh, gratitude in their daily lives? The same way. Walking down the road, going to your work, university, or, you, you know, just meeting people in general and general public, or if you're picking up your children from school. It's simply one of the greatest ways of uh, showing gratitude, I suppose, uh, in a very... A uh, small way would be to smile at another human being and say, good morning, how are you? Nice day. I hope you're doing well. Uh, that's a way of showing gratitude because you're actually, if it's coming from your heart, you're grateful to God that you're alive and you're healthy and, and, and you know, you're better off than others. And by by giving someone an element of joy is, is a way of showing gratitude. And, and I'm sure you know the Holy Prophet, Tusi Panamun, said that even smiling at another human being is a form of charity. So that's how you should show your your thankfulness, uh, your kindness even. Um, being kind to another human being. Uh, if you see someone who is lonely or upset or whatever, you go over and you ask them how they are. Um, if you see someone who is in need of food, which I often do uh, in Galway City, um, I'll go and buy them coffee or I'll go and buy them uh, something to eat. These are the ways of uh, showing gratefulness and, and gratitude towards Towards, uh, towards, the, towards the divine, towards other human beings. Um, if, if, every hum, if every human being uh, became absolutely aware of what they have and what they don't have, and then they show gratitude towards, or for, uh, having gratitude uh, towards that feeling of another human being, then I think that's, that's one way that uh, a person can practice gratitude. It's a simple thing of, of um, when your wife cooks you a meal or makes you a cup of tea or irons your clothes, whatever it may be, is by smiling at them and saying, thank you very much. I, I'm very grateful to you that you have, uh, you're doing this and you've done this and thankful. Buying a bunch of flowers. You know, there's all these different things you can do. You can uh, thank your work colleague by saying, thank you for, you, for, for being helpful to me today. And it's actually showing um, uh, grateful and actually saying it to someone else that I'm, I'm very thankful for your help today at my university or at my workplace. These are the ways I believe a person can show and express their, their gratitude. Totally, uh, really good points. Thank you very much. So, an important question that comes to our mind is that why is practicing gratitude important and 
What does Islam actually say about gratitude? Um, well, it's important because, um, again, it's it's about being absolutely conscious of your of who you are and your your surroundings, um, and what you have. As I already mentioned, it's a, it's important to express that gratitude. I mean, it, it can be. Um, uh, it can be, like I said, simply by giving back to another person, whether that's in charity, uh, whether that is, whether that is in just visiting a person's home, and and you get, buy a bunch of flowers or a box of chocolates, and 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 it's a way of you saying to them, your family, your extended family, your parents, your brothers, your siblings, whatever it may be, um, uh, that you have a great, uh, you, you express your gratitude for them, even just being them. Um, uh, as far as Islam is concerned, I mean, one of the uh, one of the beautiful things about Islam uh, and and the Quran in itself, it is that you will find that uh, the Holy Quran teaches us to be very, very grateful to Almighty God for the favors He has given you and the bounties which He has bestowed on you. Um, that's what Islam teaches, and and one of the other aspects of that is. Where uh, Almighty Allah, Almighty God, actually then tells you to act upon righteousness. Um, you know, give back in that way by being grateful to God Almighty first and foremost. And one of the ways you can show that that gratitude is to actually um, thank God Almighty uh, for the favor He's given you. And, and as far as a Muslim is concerned, that's going to the mosque, offering your prayers. Um, you know, giving the again, giving the charity, um, just expressing your thankfulness to God Almighty that I'm healthy, have a roof over my head, I have food in my tummy, I have clothes that clothe me, and uh, pass that down onto your your next progeny, I suppose, to make sure that they are righteous. And that's from all these ideas are not mine; these are from the Holy Quran, from, uh, chapter forty six, sixteen, and um, so that's. What Islam teaches, and um, the Holy Prophet peace be upon him, also made it made it very clear in his teachings. If you're not grateful to any other human being who does something for you, then you're not grateful to God Almighty. But that means when when people do help you, you just shouldn't take it for granted. You should say, "Thank you. I'm really, really grateful to you that you have uh, you have uh, you know helped me." Like for example. Um, uh, when we do, when we do, uh, like we do regularly every year, charity walks or charity events, and in, in, in Ireland, and I always thank the people who come to those events. Those people who are not Muslims. I always go and make sure that I, I greet each and every one of them, and, and actually say to them, "I'm very grateful for you uh, for coming and 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 thanking, uh, coming and being helping us raise money for the lesser of people." That that is what Islam teaches. Thank you very much for elaborating that beautifully. Uh, so, uh, last question for me is that uh, since it is Eid, uh, how would you say gratitude is celebrated on this blessed day, and how can one maintain such, uh, you know, good habits even after it, not just on the day? Well, you know, Eid, um, Eid al-Adha is a very special day for Muslims, and um one has to go into the the history of it and and the the impact of it and the importance of it of of that moment in time when uh, you know uh, the prophet abraham or in in Islam we call him uh, ibrahim 
um, was given one of the greatest tests uh, any prophet or any human being can be given, and that is to uh, show his gratitude to God Almighty, his, his gratefulness to Allah by being asked to sacrifice uh, his son Hazrat um, Ishmael, who um, who would have been around 13 at that time. Um, that that's a huge test to um, for any parent to have to give up uh, a child that he uh, and indeed his mother would have watched him grow up, and and obviously they would have developed intense love for that child. Um, and anyone who is a parent will know this. Um, so I think on 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 Eid day it is actually looking around and and seeing your wife and seeing your children and, and seeing other children and actually realizing, um, you know, how grateful we are to Almighty Allah that first and foremost, he's given us such a, that great prophet uh, as a memory of, of, of his obedience to God Almighty and his, um, you know, uh, lesson in, in life. That's in a way also we should be grateful and having gratitude towards God Almighty that this great prophet was about to do something that possibly none of us would have even close to doing. And I think this day of Eid is about showing gratitude to God Almighty for everything, for all uh, that you have, from the new clothes that you may be wearing, the food you're about to eat, the, 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 the meeting of your parents and, and your, your siblings and embracing each other uh, and giving each other Asalaamu Alaikum. Um, this is what this day is all about, and and um, uh, I think that is is how uh, we should be celebrating uh, God Almighty and uh, Almighty Allah and, and, and showing gratitude. And the best way of showing gratitude on on on, on Eid is to uh, either either yourself slaughter an animal and um, and give it to your poorest members of your community. Whether that, and that doesn't necessarily mean they have to be Muslims. It can be your next door neighbor. You can simply hand them a, a portion of that meat and say, look, we're celebrating, we're showing our gratefulness to God Almighty. Uh, we're, we're remembering him. We're remembering the great prophet Abraham. Uh, we'd like you to have some of this. Or if you cook the food, you knock on their door, next door neighbor and say, this is just our way of showing our gratitude to Allah, to God Almighty. And we would like to share that blessed moment with you, our neighbor. And um, if, if they, or else you 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 uh, can donate money, and, and that that meat will be given to poor families around the world. This is how I think today should be celebrated and remembered. Uh, the first and foremost is remembrance of God Almighty. Definitely, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And at the end, uh, we would like uh, to wish you and your family a Eid Mubarak. And may I wish the same upon your family and all of those uh, who are working for a voice of Islam. Khair Mubarak. Thank you very much. Assalamu alaikum wa And there we had uh, Brother Asim, who had the pleasure um, of uh, interviewing um, uh, our respected Imam um, uh, Ibrahim Noonan uh, from uh, Ireland. Um, fantastic interview. Well done, Brother Asim. Um, We've been talking about gratitude and uh, Imam Ibrahim Noonan um, kind of fantastically covered the topic um, very comprehensively. But, you know, we always talk about, in fact, earlier we were talking about theory, academics. 
but Islam is a practical religion. Absolutely. The beauty yeah. of Islam is it's practical. Yeah. It's rational. Makes sense. What are is there, is there any practical steps one can take to develop the habit of 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 being grateful? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like uh, you know, cultivating a daily practice of gratitude is is a simple but powerful way to transform your life. Um, there are some exercises, simple exercises you can do every day to incorporate the habit of being grateful. Uh, let's say begin each day by taking a few moments to reflect on the things you are grateful for. This can be easily as simple as you know the air you breathe uh, or the sun shining outside. Uh, Prophet Muhammad, peace and peace be upon him, said that Allah is pleased with his servants if when he eats something, he thanks Allah for it. And when he drinks something, he thanks Allah for it. Fantastic. I think that's the, uh, you know, I, I think that's the best time. This is the best way to, to finish this segment. We are coming up uh, to the hour. Um, Brother Khalid, your final thoughts on, on the topic of gratitude. I think uh, I'm very grateful for you guys sharing this information because we always as ever learn a lot of stuff, new things all the time and this is what the shows about educating people are so so sorry uh, I'm thinking about the food again as, as I said <laughs> Brother Khala's on fire today you know his, his laughter is just you know it's it's, it's, it's the shirt I think it's the shirt, it's the shirt. <laughs> you know he's just realised what he's wearing because the mirror is in front of him <laughs> With that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go on to our second topic of the morning, which is the the festival of sacrifice. Do stay tuned. Grab yourself a cup of coffee um, or, or something else uh, or whatever you're eating for breakfast. Um, and uh, do stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief message. Eid Mubarak Eid, Eid Mubarak Eid, Eid Mubarak Eid. Sacrifice, the central theme of Eid al-Adha. The sacrifice of one's offspring may seem unthinkable to most, even barbaric. Surely one would rather endure the harshest of pains than wish a dot of discomfort upon their progeny. It is a natural reaction, human nature some would say, a truly universal trait, whether man or woman, in Europe, Africa or Asia an extraordinary fact of life and testament to man's utter love and devotion for his own. It is this natural reaction, universally instilled within us all, that Hazrat Ibrahim was commanded to abandon thousands of years ago today. Until the age of uh, 86, Ibrahim did not have a son. At the age of uh, 86 years, he had his firstborn and that was Ismail and who was born out of uh, his uh, Egyptian wife, whose name was Hajra al-Islam. When the time of Abraham al-Islam came, this, uh, uh, this uh, sacrifice, uh, which is called the human sacrifice, this was abolished. He was commanded to sacrifice his son. He saw a dream in which he saw that he was uh, slaughtering his uh, son. The Holy Quran states, and when he was old enough to run along with him, he said, O oh my dear son, I have seen in a dream that I offer thee in sacrifice. So consider what thou thinkest of it. He replied, O oh my father, do as thou art commanded. Thou wilt find me, if Allah please, 
steadfast in my faith. This verse highlights in particular the complete faith and devotion of Hazrat Ibrahim and his beloved son placed in God and God's will. So when he related this dream of his to his son, uh, Hazrat Ismail he got prepared immediately. He said, yes, Yabati Farmat Omar, you should do what you have been commanded to. And uh, Prophet Ibrahim when he was about to slaughter him, immediately at that time, God told him that, well, you have fulfilled your dream because your preparedness shows that you have done your part of the sacrifice. Hazrat Ibrahim was ready to follow God's instructions at once, never hesitating, questioning or showing any sign of reluctance in sacrificing his most beloved son, Hazrat Ismail foregoing his own feelings, those of his wife, Hazrat Hajra, and his ancestors who through him hoped to propagate their progeny. Any worldly person not familiar with Hazrat Ibrahim salam's qualities would think of him simply as a madman. How could he perform such a callous, heartless act? One would think he is utterly devoid of tender feelings. The Holy Quran unequivocally banishes this thought. It states that Hazrat Ibrahim was a wise, tender-hearted and godly person with the least painful incident bringing tears to his eyes and rendering him restless. Consequently, Hazrat Ibrahim was neither mad or devoid of human sentiment. His feelings at the time of sacrificing his only son can only be described as the most tender feeling of the most loving mother or father. With this in mind, Hazrat Ibrahim asked his only son to lie down on the ground and with the knife in his hand proceeded with great vigor to carry out God's command. The Holy Quran states, And when they both submitted to the will of God, and Abraham had thrown him down on his forehead, we called to him, O Abraham, thou hast indeed fulfilled the dream. Thus indeed do we reward those who do good. That surely was a manifest trial. Eid Mubarak Eid, Eid Mubarak Eid, Eid Mubarak Eid, Eid Mubarak Eid. Welcome back, Thursday morning, breakfast show with myself, Kayoum, Brother Asim, Brother Khalid. Um, <clears throat> we, we took a break, and in the break we were listening to this clip which uh, was describing sacrifice how sacrifice is the central theme of the festival of sacrifice which is going to be the topic that we're going to be talking about over the next uh, 50 odd minutes um brother Khalid, what's the gist um of of the story why are we i mean you know we're having a good time we're yes. having a laugh especially you brother Khalid. Yes. um <laughs> and uh, you know uh, our listener might be thinking what's going on with these guys in breakfast show this morning what what is what is so special about today the, the theme of this uh, particular segment, segment is about uh, sacrifice and a feast of sacrifice, right? Um, so millions of Muslims around the world are celebrating Eid al-Adha, also known as the Feast of Sacrifice. This holiday commemorates the Prophet Ibrahim, peace be upon him, willingness to sacrifice his son Ismail, peace be upon him, as an act of obedience to God. During uh, this celebration or this festival, Muslims engage in the ritualistic sacrifice of livestock and sharing the meat with family, friends and the less fortunate. So this act symbolizes the willingness to make sacrifices 
in uh, obedience to God's command. So the spirit of sacrifice extends beyond the ritualistic aspect of the holiday. It is a time for Muslims to reflect on their own willingness to make sacrifices in their lives for the sake of their faith and the well-being of others. It's like I alluded to earlier, I was saying how, you know, the amount of sacrifices, if, like we look at the life of the Holy Prophet, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And the countless people in Islam who make so many sacrifices, and people around the world who make sacrifices for the betterment of society and for those people around them. So this is, for us in particular, when we look at the life of the Prophet uh, Ibrahim, um, peace be upon him, Abraham, as is known to the wider uh, you know, audience, peace be upon him. He was willing to sacrifice his son, Ishmael. And so this is why we, in, during this month, we, we will sacrifice and give money towards charity for those less fortunate so that we can also uh, pay homage to that particular event. Um, Brother Asim, the distribution of the meat is a third, a third, and a third, isn't it? It is, yes. And, it is. and how... Is that, as Brother Khalid was talking, a third is for the needy? A third is for the needy, a third is for your family and friends, mm -hmm. and the leftover one-third is for yourself. Okay, okay. But, you know, the, the, the whole point is to share yes, and, and, and distribute accordingly. Now, it is a time for Muslims to reflect on their own willingness to make sacrifices in their lives for the sake of their faith and the well-being of others. It's a time of unity, generosity, and compassion as Muslims all over the world come together and they celebrate these blessings with one another. I mean, even on the Eid that uh, we celebrated two odd months ago, one of the um, one of the ways, the rituals or the customs or the traditions is um, you, you shake hands and you hug each other and you congratulate each other and you exchange salutations. It is a time for Muslims to reflect on their willingness to make sacrifices in their lives for the sake of their faith and the well-being of others. It is a time of unity, generosity and compassion. And Muslims come together to celebrate and share blessings with one another. <clears throat> now, although challenges such as ri rising food prices may affect the ability of some individuals and communities to participate in holiday traditions, the essence of sacrifice remains at the heart of Eid al-Azhar. The occasion is a reminder of the importance of selflessness and the willingness to give up something valuable for the greater good. I mean, you know, the number of times uh, we have done shows on Voice of Islam where we talk about sacrifice. And sometimes people mistake, and, and I'm sure somebody will call in and correct me, but it would be good to have your perspectives, gentlemen. Sometimes people have, say, £10 to spend, and they do their costings and they figure out £9 will cover their costs and they have £1 left. And they give that to charity. I'm not um, rejecting that one pound of charity. But in my head, maybe it's a personal thing. It's charity, but it's not sacrifice. Because, and, and the reason I say that, you know, Tariqa Jadid and Vakfi Jadid, these are all, um, uh, th these are all the schemes which have been set um, by, within the community where people make financial sacrifices. And every time His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Masura, may Allah strengthen his hand, the fifth caliph of the promised Messiah, um, <clears throat> he tells stories and events and real factual incidences of people in the remotest part of the world 
um, students, young people who have, you know, gained employment for the first time. And they don't look to cost what they need, but they give the whole month's salary as a financial sacrifice. Do you know... Um, and that sacrifice. Yes, yes, yes. Because they haven't looked out for their need. Mm. They have given precedence to the need of the other because they've thought, well, hold on, their need is greater than mine. I can make do and probably I'll recover from my, um, um, you know, um, short of finances in a couple of months. But somebody else might need it more than me. So that isn't, isn't that the true essence of sacrifice? Do you know, the thing is, and you gave such a beautiful example about how you're sacrificing, for example, in this case, money, but you're not benefiting from it, yeah. although you will eventually because Allah is blessing you. Uh, but imagine, uh, the story came to my mind, or an incident came to my mind. When we were building the first, or not when we were building, but when the first mosque in London mosque was being built in, in Crescent Hall Road. Yeah, in the 20s. Right. And how was this mosque paid for? It was paid for by... The female members of the community, the the ladies, the Lajna. It was the Amdiya Muslim Women's Auxiliary oh, Organization from Qadian yes. in in in, uh, in India. Right. So yeah. they, were, they sold gold, they, they sold, sold their the personal possessions, yes. the yeah. jewelry mm. and everything. And the, the beautiful thing about this, look at this. They Some of them probably never came to England after that, or maybe never have or never saw England, but they were yet willing to pay and sacrifice their little bit of money and wealth that they had and those... You know, when people get, someone gets married, they love to keep those items, your know, wedding mm. ring, you know, certain things. But they're but giving those away yeah. for the benefit. This is what I was saying to you earlier. People's other generations have made so many sacrifices that we are reaping from. We yes. get to go to the London Mosque, Alhamdulillah. All praise belongs to Allah. So these ladies make this sacrifice yes. for the propagation of the message of Islam Ahmadiyya and the spread of Islam Ahmadiyya in the mm -hmm. West. Definitely. Like, 100%. Yeah, because from I mean, the London Mosque, which was our base, yeah. uh, Ahmadiyya spread mm -hmm. quite well in the UK. Absolutely. I mean, the greatest example which we can see from the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is when um, Hazrat Abu Bakr mm -hmm. and Hazrat Umar came and sacrificed uh, their full wealth, Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat mm -hmm. Umar, half of his wealth, which is a great sacrifice. And not, not nobody can do that. Yeah, Hardly yeah. anyone can do that. So Now, Brother Asim, if I may come to you, what are the different types? I mean, we are talking sacrifices, and, yeah. and I just gave an example. And again, it's a personal example of how giving charity could be. I'm not saying it is, because as I'll, I'll repeat, it's a, it's a personal perspective. that I'm not saying charity is not a sacrifice. Mm. But a true essence of sacrifice is something different. And, and that kind of leads me to the question here, which is, what are the different types of sacrifices observed during this, this, this feast or the festival of sacrifice? And what do they symbolize and how is it that these acts of sacrifice contribute to a person's personal and communal growth? Um, definitely. So the promised Messiah, peace be on, upon him, uh, is, is, you know, states in the revealed sermon. And he said, in short, the slaughtering of sacrifice uh, animals, which is an institution in Islam, is for the sole purpose of reminding us to offer sacrifice for the purpose of making the soul submissive and it serves as an incentive to achieve this lofty goal. For believing men and women, it is a sacrifice of the lower self. 
uh, Eid al-Adha, which is a feast of sacrifice, um, marks the completion of the pilgrimage to Mecca by Muslims um, from different nations of the world on the 10th day of the Islamic month of Zul Hajj. It is obligatory to bring, you know, the pilgrimage to a successful termination with the sacrifice of an animal. Like prayer and fasting, the performance of pilgrimage is a mode of worship seeking the spiritual, social and economic upliftment of Muslims. So this is done in remembrance of uh, Abraham's readiness to sacrifice his son Ismail, um, who in turn uh, resigned uh, you know, to be to being sacrificed mm. under the belief that it was the will of God. Now, <coughs> we've talking we're talking about financial sacrifice, but sacrifice comes in so many different ways, and 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 in in uh, I suppose in different forms. It's not just financial. Sacrifice can be, you know, people volunteer. Time is time, you know how many yeah. times have we heard time mm-hmm. is more valuable than money. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So people yeah. people give up their time um, and get involved in charities. We live in we live in England, we live in you know United Kingdom, and this country is famous for yes. the twenty four hour telethons where yes. they raise millions for exactly. different causes mm-hmm. within twenty four hours. And we're not talking big organisations. We're talking individual people, children who give money from their piggy banks. Or they, they do different events, or they do runs, or they do silly things. They play pranks on each other, or they shave their beards, or, they, or their heads to save, to, to, to raise money. This is a country where people have huge hearts. It's, it's uh, funny you should mention about how you know people um, are raising money by fundraising. Just last weekend, the auxiliary organization of the, right. the elders of the community um, did a charity walk. Um, from this uh, site, the Battle for Two Mosques, the House of Victories Mosque here in Morden in South London. And there were so many different charities. Um, that they were, were raising money, money for. for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so many, so many of them. I can't really mention all of them, but there's so many. Well, in the same spirit that yeah. I'm talking about how people give time. Right. Um, one of the, the, the charitable arms of uh, the Amdi Muslim community is a, a, uh, a, a very um, successful an international um, uh, charitable organization called Humanity First, who do, who, the last time I, I was reading up about them, I think they're in 52 countries now around the world. Amazing. Um, and they do some fantastic um, projects where they're raising money uh, for countries and for people at different parts of the world. But the most amazing thing that a lot of people don't know that the last time I spoke to one of the representatives, I asked him, in every pound I give, how much goes to actual, the, 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 the end user, the one who really needs it? And he said, anyway, between 94 and 96 pence. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. For, for a charity? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And, and, and I said, how do you do that? And he said, every, everyone's a volunteer. Even the, the, the chairman, you know, running a charity which is spread across 52 countries, you'd think that's like a quarter of a million, half a million pound a year job. Well, the chairman of Humanity First does it voluntarily. Doesn't take any money. Exactly. And what's also amazing, um, some other more, you know, some other important facts, there are medical teams that travel around the world, like yeah. the most recent disaster, disaster relief. Yeah. Doctors. Disaster relief. Yeah. 
And these people, and I'm not just talking about people from within our community, internationally across the right. world. Right. So many people from so many different backgrounds. And I've had the opportunity of, uh, of meeting some of these people. The doctors that sacrifice their time for humanity first to serve the wider community. It's amazing. Well, you're talking about humanity first. Let's go and talk to one of uh, um, the, the, the main leads at Humanity First. We um, had the pleasure of recording an interview with Brother Yusuf Aftab. So let's go and listen to what Brother Aftab, uh, Yusuf Aftab had to say. Joining me on the line today, we have Yusuf Aftab, who's one of the directors of Humanity First, an NGO operating here in the UK and internationally. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the Voice of Islam, Yusuf. How are you? Wa alaikum assalam, peace upon you as well. I'm good. I hope you're well too. Yes, thank you. Uh, we all look well by the grace of Allah. Um, so, Yusuf, um, being the director of Humanity First, you must be well acquainted with the term sacrifice. So, in your mind, what does this mean to you, and how do you believe it should be viewed on this blessed day of Eid? Yeah, so I, I suppose sacrifice comes in many different forms and, and, and will mean different things to different people. And obviously we, we know the sacrifice uh, that uh, Hazrat Ibrahim al-Islam and his son Hazrat Ibrahim al-Islam made in terms of his, everybody knows the narrative in, in terms of he's going to go take him to the altar slaughter him, but then Allah, you know, put, uh, advise him to slaughter a goat and then obviously Muslims across the globe um, sacrifice animals, um, which is known as Qurbani during that time. So from a humanity first perspective, if we purely look at it um, from a humanitarian side, you know, we sacrifice not only our time, it can be money, um, it can be going out and uh, um, um, serving people in many different communities and countries to alleviate the pain and suffering that they're going through. But at the same time, on the joyous occasion of Eid, uh, we try to ensure fairness and justice is parted with everybody across the globe. And we also ensure that Qurbani is conducted in, in the multitude um, of countries that we operate in and, and serve in. And these are directives clearly under the principles of Islam and the practice of the Holy Prophet, which has continued through his reform of the Prophet, and then obviously the Qulafar that provide the guiding light to us in, in terms of humanity first being the NGO of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Association. Okay, and in what ways can someone uh, make sacrifices to help in these types of charitable efforts, uh, efforts that Humanity First um, are making? I mean, you, you touched upon a few examples there. Can you just elaborate upon those, please? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, like I said, if you want to give your time, you can go onto the Humanity First website, hfuk.org. Um, if you've got any type of skill set that you can offer your time, if it's, even if it's a couple of hours, today's and so forth, and, and you can provide assistance in many different ways, from education to responding in disasters to um, providing food for food banks, even in this country here. Yes, it's very much needed in terms of the cost of living rises. So there are lots of different ways that you can use your transferable skills, whether from work or any walks of life that you can you can do things. Secondly, donations. Donations keep every charity going without donations and the support of people to become regular donors. You know, something as uh, you know simple as two pounds a week goes a long, long way. And if you if you tally that up, it works out to be about eight pounds 
a month to be able to help and support families, not only here in the UK, but in developing countries like Africa, the Middle East, where, you know, difficulty of getting clean water, food, um, supporting education for children, supporting microfinancing for families so that they can then finance the work that they're doing and, and be able to replenish um, the stock for their families and continue uh, work so that they can ge generate their own income. So a lot of these things that, you know, His Holiness has mentioned is that maximum utility and minimum resource in terms of what you want to be able to get out of this. And that's what we're trying to do as a charity. So there's lots of ways that you can help out. Those are some uh, amazing um, um, causes and efforts that you are doing um, on behalf of Humanity First. And it's really amazing, you know, to see how uh, you're helping so many members of society you know, across the globe. But I would like to ask you, um, Yusuf, how does Humanity First um, help out those in need on days of celebration like Eid, for example? Yeah, so again, this year, like every other year, um, what we are also doing is, so um, the system of uh, Kurbani, Humanity First, is we have, through the UK, uh, we oversee about 10 different countries. A lot of those countries are in Africa and the Middle East. Um, what we have done is already sent money out to them um, so that um, uh, slaughtering of animals can occur, so that some of, these, some of these families probably have never had meat for years and years and years, and they're probably on a staple type of diet. And for, for them to be able to enjoy the equity um, as everybody else, like myself, yourself, and so forth, that will be joined uh, in a developed country like this in the UK, is for them to also enjoy that joyous occasion of Eid. And what, what we've done is not only sent out money so that they can get food that they can put on their table and eat with their families, but anybody that is in need of um, any other support. Um, so internationally, um, a lot of our uh, Humanity First chapters, where they're overseeing a lot of these countries, and that's over 57 countries globally, you know, whether it's food, it's things around shelter, um, anything around, you know, if somebody is ill and so forth, we will be providing, apart from meat for Kurbani, and there's all these other things that go on in the background, which people don't see, but it's only possible because of your listeners that are coming on, those that are regular donors for Humanity First and those that come forward when there's catastrophes and disasters and so forth that occur like we've seen in Turkey and Syria recently. And we're doing a lot of work in those areas as well in, in the Middle East, to, uh, especially over Eid as well when it comes to education of children. So putting a smile uh, on somebody's face and every act of charity, as we know, is kindness. So... We try to follow those principles that have been taught to us by Islam. And then, like I said, our guiding principle is, um, uh, you know, His Holiness as a Mizamasur Ahmed, um, who is advising us in terms of the way uh, we should be working on alleviating people's pain and suffering and wiping away the tears. Um, that's amazing. Thank you so much, uh, uh, for taking time out um, for speaking with us today. Um, uh, and, and for keep you know, and please keep up the great efforts. And like you were saying, is that two pounds a week is nothing. I mean, I, I, I see people spending, including myself, spending more than that on on just coffee each day from you know different coffee shops. So it's a very worthwhile cause. And um, thank you for coming and joining us today. And lastly, on behalf of 
the Voice of Islam would like to wish you and all your colleagues at Humanity First a uh, happy Eid Mubarak. Yeah, and, and, and the same to you as well. I hope uh, your uh, Eid for all your viewers and, and the Humanity First family as well as the Voice of Islam family is, uh, is a blessed Eid and, and for his holiness and all the whole of Jamaat. But again, I would echo, you know, two pounds makes a massive difference on the lives of people. Just visit Humanity First, you know, HF uk.org forward slash donate and you can make regular donations and we'd really appreciate it excellent um thank you yusuf atab it's been a pleasure talking to you uh may the peace and blessings of allah be upon you assalamu alaikum walaikum assalam and there we had brother khalid um who interviewed one of the directors of humanity first brother yusuf aftab brother khalid you talked about spending two pounds a day on coffee yeah Oh, I think what I was trying to say was some people do. Some people more do. than that. Ah, you see the price of coffee, cost of living, inflation. It's about four pounds. I know we joke about it, yes. but you know, the one thing, and um, I think Brother Asim, you mentioned it earlier, we were talking about the cost of living. It is the responsibility of people who do have to know who. Um, are struggling because what you find and and again I don't know mm. please kind of share your thoughts people who do struggle never say it it's the pride it's that that you know pe- people stay silent and they uh, suffer do it they suffer in silence mm. yeah mm. and it is a responsibility of friends and family to know who within their group is suffering and make sacrifices for them without them knowing. Mm. Because that's true essence of sacrifice. To do and walk away and stay silent. And not let the other know. Do it in such a way. What's your take on that? You know, I, I love the fact that you mentioned that we should be looking out for another. Yes. Our very motto of our community is love for all, hate for none. You know, we, and, and as uh, the Humanity First um um, charity's main logo it's also uh, serving mankind mm. running first mankind. I think this is the thing about s- sacrificing that we as Muslims and this is something that I meant I talk about sometimes when um, I, I, I'm uh, teaching when we talk about uh, different aspects of equality inclusion etc and this is what Islam is it's a very inclusive religion it thinks about every single person from the top to the bottom mm. and and, and it also talks about looking out for one another. You know, that's I think the true essence of exercise. And the reason that's important exercise. because we're living in modern times mm. where people don't have time for each other. You know, forget about people who you don't know on a personal basis, mm. but even families. It's like, you know, I I was thinking while we were listening to Yusuf, um, while you were interviewing Yusuf that. Every Eid, every f- on on the festival, um, we talk about families getting together on specific days um, when there's a celebration. And again, I go back to the olden days. Mm. My and again, you know, as I said, we do joke about it, but even though you know, with age, what you you have the benefit of is seeing the changes and the differences. Yeah, yeah. where. Extend, extended families or people were getting together mm. as a norm on a weekly basis. 
then it became bi-weekly, then it became monthly, then bi-monthly, and now it's got to a point where people tend to get together and they've accustomed. They actually put it in their calendars as, um, you know, they'll get together at uh, at a certain wedding, f- even funerals um, or events or, or celebrations. Mm-hmm. And that needs to change because the further, the further, away you go from each other, the less you will ever likely to know when somebody is suffering. And I, and I think that's one of the things of sacrifice that I think mm. doesn't get spoken about enough. It's, it's, it's a very salient point that you mentioned there because um, both you and I mm. have experience in health and social care and we see yeah. how people are isolated. Yes. You know, uh, and it doesn't matter what kind of uh, financial situation they are, but when they are isolated, that has such a bad effect on your mental health. You know, you, you're just isolated. You don't know. You have no one to turn to. You got no support network around you. And this is a very good point. You mentioned how people are moving away from these things, and it's like, okay, I'm free on. Tuesday. They measure everything financially. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. You cannot measure everything financially. And in the Holy Quran, I I don't know where, but I know there's a verse which actually says that there is a responsibility and there's a right on the wealth of the rich that the, the, the people who don't have, they have a, there, there's a percentage um, that uh, belongs to um, the, the, the needy and the people who don't have. And there is a responsibility on the, the, the people who with wealth that they, they need to exercise the rights of the people that they need to give to. And and Brother Asim, I don't know, I'm, I always tend to do this and you always say to me, Brother Kim, you always put, on, put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to paraphrase something about how people with wealth will, it, it will be easy for a camel to go through the... The, the, the needle. The needle. Yeah. The, eye needle. Needle. Uh, the eye of the needle. Yeah, yeah. Then, uh, um, you know, the, the answer that, that the rich people will have to give Hmm. to God Almighty or something hmm. like that. I'm yeah. paraphrasing here. Yeah. But what I'm saying is as much as people um, sh- be, should be grateful to God Almighty that God has given them, they must never forget that that wealth has been given to them by God and there is a reason and then there is a responsibility of how that wealth hmm. is distributed and used in the correct manner because at the end of the day, everyone is going to be answerable for the sacrifices that they have made in this world and the rewards for which they will gain in the hereafter. Brother Asim? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely we should be taking care of each other. Definitely mm-hmm. make more sacrifices. As you said, you know, in your your times, uh, you meet families weekly, which uh, I think, uh, by the grace of God, uh, my family has continued and that we every single week without any um anything we we meet mm. you know it, it's it's a good way of uh, meeting your family uh, you know seeing if they're fine if they need any help or anything you know no that's excellent but i think within the community i think one of the advantages the amni muslim community have mm. is that we 
we are being guided by the, the one leader, the spiritual leader, yeah, who is yeah. who on a, on a weekly basis is yes. giving mm-hmm. us his sermon, exactly. and and we have access to him through his virtual meetings that he we has mm-hmm. with different students. But if one was to look at society, and I'll go back to the point Brother Khalid made, our elderly are dying of loneliness because, um, um, and I'm generalizing. I don't mean specifically. But they're not dying because of ill health, but because that they have developed a mental health and they feel lonely. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And it's not that they don't have family. Mm. It's mm. just that they, the, the families or they themselves have the affordability to look for private health care mm. where they are able to be given good provision. Mm. So they have a comfortable place. But COVID showed us it doesn't matter how much money you had. It doesn't matter how comfortable your accommodation was. That's it right. was the surrounding, it was the isolation that kind of killed people, unfortunately. And when it, and one thing COVID did teach us was that we need to give more time. And when you give more time, that is a sacrifice you make. We saw the changes in COVID. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And nobody was safe. Look, mm. the most powerful man in the world got done by it. The most powerful man in this country was hit by it. Hmm. Millionaires yeah. were hit by it. So it didn't matter what status you had. It didn't matter what how powerful you were. It didn't matter how uh, you know how high you were in the political field or in the financial field. It did not matter because COVID did not discriminate. It was there to get anyone and everyone. Definitely. And again, hmm. I go back to the point that as much as we talk about, um, we celebrate the 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 the, f- the feast of sacrifice, um, and we distribute, but sacrifices need to be made for people who are suffering at this time of year. Um, you know, we need to make sure that we know what is happening um, with our neighbor, and what is happening on to our friends and to um, to to members of our family. Definitely. You know, we were talking about earlier, you were mentioning how we were not so, not so long ago, we were just celebrating, or we were going, passing through the month of, the holy month of Ramadan, the month of fasting. Mm-hmm. And people then were making sacrifices, were fasting. Yes. From sunrise to sunset. I, and one of the things um, I was, when I explained to people what Ram, Ramadan is for me, uh, and I say to them, you know, for me personally, it's like a stepping stone that I try and reform myself, try and, as best as I can, try and, improve on those things where there's um, shortcomings and try and carry that on throughout the year. And similarly, I think when we talk about the festival of, of, of sacrifices, you know, it's it's something that we, I think I, I can say hand on heart, 100%, that all of us, all the three of us sitting in this room, we grew up with having this constant um, education of of giving of working voluntarily yes and we've had that i I, I always say to people i'm so fortunate we are so fortunate to have these auxiliary organizations where we're doing diy we're doing uh, tree planting we're doing all sorts of things and you make you meet the best friends you know and even like all talking about sacrifices all the wonderful people who are behind the scenes at the voice of islam all the present uh, sorry all the producers all the tech support all volunteers you know you're listening to The Breakfast Show with myself, Kayu, and Brother Asi and Brother Khalid. We are celebrating the Feast of Sacrifice today, which is Eid al-Azha. And uh, we would love to hear from you. 
Um, I requested earlier um, if you want to share your messages with us. And uh, one of our brothers uh, recorded um, a, a small message uh, from his son. Uh, and uh, I had the opportunity to listen to the message. And, and I would say to the brother, um, you know, you did, a, you, you did a, a beautiful message, but it sounds like a drive-by. Uh, it sounds like a drive-by message, but uh, just for the benefit of the listener. Um, let's, let's listen to this, this, this greeting um, of, of our, one of our young listeners. Eid Mubarak. Short Eid Mubarak. Eid Mubarak. It's beautiful, isn't it? When it a is. child it says indeed, Eid Mubarak. Yeah. And this is this is one of this is uh, again seeing this. I'm seeing the funny side of it mm. that uh, you know it was it, it sounded so quick, um, and it was uh, um, um, a beautiful um, uh, uh, message from from a, from a young child, yes. and, and our response to them to him is that may Allah bless you, young man. Um, may you have a fantastic Eid um, and uh, enjoy uh, the the you know the barbecue that you're going to have with your dad. Um, talking about barbecue, brother, um, brother Khalid. Uh, why is it that I always come to you when I, when I say the barbecue? I'm, <laughs> He's just I, looking at you. It's just your shirt. We, it's see, like for the benefit of our listeners, right? Uh, uh, brother Kuyum uh, and I are friends for such a long time, <laughs> so he knows me well. He knows what makes me happy, you know. So just the very shirts I'm wearing, wearing says barbecue. Says it food, does. You know? It does. It does. Um, I would love to hear from you. 0208-687-7878. Um, tell us how you are celebrating um, this, this, this feast of sacrifice. Or tell us about, um, um, you know, what sacrifices means to you. Or, um, or if you have any stories or tales that you would like to share with us. Um, again, 0208-687-7878. Or you can join us on our social media platforms at Voice of Islam. UK. Brother Khalid, yes. we are talking about sacrifice, we are talking about um, animals and, and Brother Asim uh, spoke earlier about how the distribution of meat is a third and a third and a third. Yes. Now, within Islam, it, there are certain animals that, or generally there are certain animals that we sacrifice. What what animals are they? So it's quite traditional uh, for, for people to sacrifice um, sheep, uh, cows and, and goats uh, but in some nations, they also sacrifice you know, camels because that's what's there. So uh, the, the beautiful thing about it, like you said, this is distributed amongst uh, the people that do not have, you know, um, the means. The means, yes, exactly. And, and again, um, when we look at uh, the life of the Holy Prophet, with the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, one of the most beautiful stories or narrations uh, I've heard about him is, amongst others, his whole life is... It's beautiful, you know, and it was a living example of practice what you preach, right? Well, he was the embodiment of the Holy Quran, yeah. the, the Word of mm -hmm. God Almighty. Definitely. And we just look at the incident when he, he got married to a very wealthy lady. He was 25, she was 40 years of age, and she was a businesswoman. Uh, and her name was um, Hazrat Khadija, peace be upon her. And when she married him, she gave him all his her wealth. And what did he do? Rather than being someone... Uh, who was greedy or he distributed that wealth and even their stories and this is why we encourage our listeners to look at these stories of the, his uh, his whole life of the life of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him you see that he just slept on a simple uh, simple bed and uh, even there were times when his companions would say to him you know oh, oh noble prophet why are you sleeping on such a, a a basic bed which made marks on his back 
And he said, no, he said, I'm only a traveler through this, through this earth, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, they, 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 this beautiful story that Brother Khalid just said, I just want to add in there one bit, that when the, his, his wife has a Khatija, um, um, uh, she offered her money, her wealth, total wealth, mm. to the Holy Prophet and peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The, and the reason I mention this is because people talk of women's rights and that, oh, she gave money to him and he just spent it. Mm. The Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, actually said to his wife, are you sure? Mm. He actually said to her, are you sure you're going to give me this money? Mm. Because if you do, I'm going to sacrifice it and give it all away. That's right. Mm. So once you make your mind up, then you can't say, oh, I've changed my mind because I'm telling you beforehand. Mm. And yet she still she gave. Still gave. She did, yeah. yes. Yeah. But... Again, this goes back to how the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he, in his mind, he considered the rights of Hazrat Khatija. And, 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 you know, may Allah be pleased with her that, you know, it was her money. Yes. And it is her right to know before she gives it what he's going to do with it. So, it, it, you know, th there are so many different beautiful angles to every single act. That the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, did. Definitely. That there was a there was a meaning behind it. You're listening to the breakfast show with myself, Kiyu, Brother Asim, and Brother Khalid. As, as always, we have guests that uh, that um, uh, we always invite um, onto the show who give us their perspective. And um, I think it was Brother Khalid who had the opportunity to um, interview one of our um, imams. Um, Imam Mansur Ahmad Mubashir. Um, let's go and listen to this interview Bel Khalid had with Imam Mansur. So joining me on the line today, we have Mansur Ahmad Mubashir, who is a missionary serving in uh, the community since 2010, and he's currently serving in uh, Lyon in France. Uh, before working in Lyon, he was based in Strasbourg and in Epinay, and has also worked in the north of France. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the Voice of Islam. Wa alaikum assalam, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you, thank you for joining us today. Um, so, may I start by asking you? Um, you know, we we want to know why do Muslims celebrate uh, Eid al-Adha? Uh, in fact, uh, Muslims celebrate this Eid uh, in the remembrance of the great sacrifice. Uh, done by Hazrat Ibrahim salam, and his son Hazrat Ismail salam. and uh, <clears throat> this is the main reason why we celebrate this Eid uh, those uh, in Mecca what you call what we call Mecca today uh, they perform Hajj and those who are in the other parts of the world who cannot go for this uh, spiritual journey, the Hajj, they celebrate Eid al-Adha uh, in their respective areas and in the remembrance of the great sacrifice done by Hazrat Ibrahim salam and his son on the order of Allah. And I mean, particularly for us as Muslims, why is this story of Hazrat uh, Ibrahim, peace be upon him, so important to us? Abraham, um, how, why is this, his story important to us as Muslims? Uh, in fact, uh, it is um, very important because um, 
if we look at the background of this sacrifice or this event, uh, nobody leaves his wife and his child in the wilderness of a desert and where even there were no plants, there were no water, and until and unless there is a great purpose okay, uh, behind, uh, behind this uh, divine order. And this, the story of Hazrat Ibrahim reminds us of uh, the direct path towards our goal of life, that is what Allah said that um, worshipping Allah is the sole goal of our life. So this story is important for us to remember our, uh, our, our direct path, which is uh, being uh, worshipping Allah the Almighty. And um, how can us as Muslims honor the Prophet Abraham, uh, peace be upon him? How can we honor his sacrifice? And what sacrifices uh, can we make in uh, daily order or, or on a daily basis to attain a connection with Allah the Almighty? Uh, in fact, um, Hazrat Ibrahim, one of the great works Hazrat Ibrahim did in his life was he broke all the idols. There is a verse of the Holy Quran, uh, in I think it's uh, Surah, uh, Surah Al-Anbiya, uh, chapter 21, I think, <clears throat> that uh, Hazrat Ibrahim broke all the idols. So today we must also break all our false idols, the false egos we have, Okay, and we should follow uh, the path of Allah. We should submit ourselves before Allah's will. And this is how we can honor uh, Hazrat Ibrahim's great sacrifice. And um, can you tell us a little bit about um, sacrificing uh, a goat? I know, you know Muslims generally, we sacrifice a goat. Um, what is the significance of this? In fact, <clears throat> the significance is it is just a similarity because Allah ordered Hazrat Ibrahim salam, to sacrifice his son. And the word sacrifice also means, um, I mean, in uh, Arabic, it is derived from the word kurb. And kurb means attaining the nearness of Allah. By Hazrat Ibrahim sacrificing his son, <clears throat> and when he was about to sacrifice his son, God said, Oh Abraham, stop. And then he said, You have fulfilled the dream. And in that remembrance of, you know, sacrificing your son means um, the whole life to you. Son is very, um, daughters are also, but uh, sacrificing his elder son. Was some, is something very a huge thing. So when he was about to sacrifice, Allah told him that stop, O Abraham, you have fulfilled indeed your dream. And uh, the reward was that this example will be remembered till the day of judgment by all those uh, following uh, your, your footsteps. Um, and I would like to also ask you, um, how 
would you yourself, uh, Mr. Mansoor, how will you be celebrating Eid this year? This year, um, we in in France, we will be. Um, it's on a weekday, the 29th of June. It's Thursday, work day. So I hope everybody comes um, for the Eid, um, and we will offer our Eid prayer. Then there will be some gathering in in the in our mission house here in Lyon, and we'll hear the the sermon of huzur and we can't sacrifice an animal here in, in the western countries at our places like we do it uh, in africa or pakistan or other parts of the world but uh, according to the nizami jamaat many of us many of the ahmadis living here they send uh, money through the nizami jamaat to various places around the world so that the poor can also participate in this day of joy. So we will be celebrating here and then we will have lunch after the Eid prayer. Inshallah. Excellent. Inshallah. Good wording. And uh, I would just like to ask you finally, how do you explain the importance of this celebration to people that are non-Muslims? Um, are there any plans to do any um, any any um, um, any dinners or any um, celebrations to include your non-Muslim friends and neighbours? Uh, in fact, we can. Um, it is a bit difficult to explain something to especially to an a religious thing to an a non-muslim if he's a non-muslim um, friend who is a religious that can be easy but sometimes um, an atheist friend um, it's uh, a bit difficult but uh, by explaining the concept of sacrifice any kind of sacrifice uh, we can easily elaborate this uh, subject and because everybody, whether a religious man or atheist or a non-religious man, everyone makes sacrifices of their own in, in, in their lives. So by just telling them um, the concept of sacrifice, that when this sacrifice is done on the order of Allah, okay, we obey him. We obey the worldly orders also. But uh, just like they obey the worldly order or worldly laws, so we obey the worldly command, uh, the, the God, uh, God's the divine commandments. So we obey both the world's orders and God's orders. So this is the way I usually explain my 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 friends um, the importance of this particular uh, Eid that. Why we do the sacrifice and what is the good in this sacrifice? Because it is the remembrance. It give us, uh, it reminds us that what we should do in life. And by inviting, yes, there is um, always a plan to invite some non-Muslim friends on lunch or dinner. <clears throat> this year, uh, as lunch will be served after the pray eat prayers. So we are, we invited some some non-Muslim friends. So 
So I hope they come and share a meal with us. That's excellent. Uh, Imam Mansour Ahmed Mubashir, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, and just as, as a final message to you, we, w- we would like to, uh, all of us here at the Voice of Islam, uh, wish you and all the members in France and all your families, uh, members, etc., we would like to wish you a warm and happy Eid Mubarak to you all. Eid Mubarak. And there we had Imam Mansour Ahmed Mubashir being interviewed by our brother Khalid here, who's uh, present here with us today. And and I think what a fantastic way that Imam Mansur finished with about sharing the blessings of this festival with non-Muslim friends and their neighbors and inviting them, um, you know, to, to your houses and, and, and let them see the beauty of, of, uh, uh, of this, this, uh, this feast of sacrifice. Yes, That's right. I think I think in a, like you said, in the current crisis, and, and there's always there are always this crisis happening. Uh, you know the the pandemic, etc., COVID, etc., and the cost of living crisis. And I think this is more than ever a time to be unifying people by our actions and by showing love and compassion to everyone around us. Brother Rasim, we are coming up to the hour. Um, if if I may ask you to kind of sum up. Um, the, the the topic. I know it's it's a vast topic, but um, something uh, um, you know our listeners can can walk away with um, on in respect of the the this this uh, um, this uh, feast of sacrifice. Absolutely. I mean, um, as we you know talked about the feast of sacrifice. You know what the different types of sacrifices are. Uh, you know how uh, what ways we can sacrifice, not just uh, sacrificing a lamb or anything. Um, uh, His Holiness, uh, may Allah be his helper, actually states uh, um, in in this sermon, and he quoted chapter 22, verse 38 of the Holy Quran, uh, which reminds Muslims about the importance of understanding why they sacrifice an animal. Uh, Explaining the verse, um, His Holiness said that, God Almighty has stated that righteousness is the true essence that should underlay any sacrifice of animals we make. That is what is uh, beloved to God. By making the physical sacrifice, the person making the sacrifice expresses his willingness to forego all his personal desires for God. The person making the sacrifice uh, should take a lesson from this act of sacrificing an animal and realize that he too should be willing to make every sacrifice of his personal desires for the greater goal of achieving the nearness and the pleasure of God Almighty. Fantastic. With that, um, I would like to uh, to thank um, <coughs> our producers, Vaki Khan, uh, Hania Sajid, Khafia Latif, Malahatata, and our researchers, um, Hania Sajid, uh, Khafia Latif, and Malahatata, um, and of course, our brother um, in tech, um, brother Habib, um, for uh, helping us produce and present uh, today's show. And and I wish all of them and their families um, um, Eid Mubarak. Uh, may Allah bless them and their families. And of course, to all of our listeners, I just want to thank all of our listeners for um, for tuning in today. Thank all of our guests for taking time out and uh, um, and um, giving us an insight uh, into the topics of gratitude and the festival and the feast of sacrifice and thank you to brother asim 
Thank you to Brother Khalid for joining me this morning. I wish um, all of you uh, and your families a beautiful and a blessed Eid. Uh, may Allah bless you all. Um, request to all of you to please forgive any shortcomings um, on our part. Please remember us all in your prayers. And until we meet again, may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Eid Mubarak Eid, Eid Mubarak Eid, Eid Mubarak Eid, Eid Mubarak Eid.